Show me the crypto. <laughs> Show me the crypto. <laughs> Show me the crypto. In a world on the brink of disruption, two men will bring you clarity by interviewing some of the most intelligent and influential names in the blockchain world. Welcome to Show Me the Crypto with your hosts, Wade Patterson and Ulf Lonegren. Well, hi there and welcome to Show Me the Crypto. My name's Wade Patterson. And I'm Ulf Lonegren. We're a couple of friends from Canada who love learning about cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, and we're happy you're along for the ride. Whether you're a crypto virgin or you know your way around the block, we hope our interviews with some of the most intelligent and influential people in the blockchain space help bring you value. And on this episode, we're joined by Shay Newkirk, better known as Crypto Stash. Stash's involvement in the world of crypto is far reaching. He first discovered the space in 2012, which shouldn't come as a surprise considering he's been coding websites since the age of 16. In 2016, Stash launched his blog in an effort to help educate those new to the space. According to his Twitter bio, Stash is a Bitcoiner, a blockchain gamer, a content creator, a designer, a musician, and an entrepreneur who has a keen interest in NFTs. Stash, welcome to Show Me the Crypto. What is going on, guys? Yeah, <laughs> thanks for having me. Stoked to have you on. So first question, let's get the most important question out there. You've built your brand on a mustache. Does that give you an unduly amount of pressure to never shave that off? Or is that something you were comfortable with going in? So I was pretty comfortable with that going in for one very specific reason. Uh, my girlfriend would stab me in the heart to death if I shave this mustache off ever. So oh, you got you got one of those girlfriends. Uh -huh. I've had uh, uh, in the past, I had an opposite. It was get rid of that thing. No more oh. mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you, you got it. Good. Go. You got it. Good. It is a thing of beauty, though. So I think I think your girlfriend's got a lot, a lot of common sense. So. I briefly mentioned in the bio that you discovered blockchain technology in 2012, and then there was a bit of that gap in 2016 where you kind of went full steam. So can you fill in the timeline of, of just telling the story of when you discovered it and then what you kind of were doing between that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, in 2012 was the year I actually first heard about Bitcoin. And I'm just, you know, trolling around uh, Reddit, some other, you know, uh, internet, uh, you know, sites, uh, you know, like news style sites. And happened to see something about it. I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. And click a link. I go to the site and it's like, oh, yeah, you can buy Bitcoin. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then like right next, it was like, buy Litecoin. And I was like, what? wait, wait, hold on. There's two? There's two <laughs> coins? No, this shit is a scam, man. <laughs> and so then that was it. That was it. That was it for 2012. <laughs> what, what would, then, what then would... 2013 is really when I came back in and mm -hmm. got a second look at it. Um, went and looked at the white paper, read Satoshi's white paper. And that's when it was really like, oh, damn. I need in. I need in right now, right now, and I did. So I, I did a little bit more research for like another month or so, and I bought my first Bitcoin like around the end. Of, it was like the beginning of 2014, and then three months ish later, Mount Gox. Crazy. Yeah. So I just I hodled for like a couple of years. That's awesome. And so in that first discovery time, when you were like looking, you see the Bitcoin, you see the Litecoin. What, if you recall, were like prices in U.S. dollar equivalent at that point? Oh man, I don't. I have the very first time I saw it in 2012. I don't even remember. It, it was so brief. It was literally just like, oh yeah, I clicked it. I was probably on that website for 30 seconds. 
Right. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, ah, this is not cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, when I, you know, around the time when I was uh, first purchasing, uh, Bitcoin was around like 500 bucks, something like yeah. that. About mm-hmm. 500 bucks for a whole Bitcoin. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw it as well. It was seven. No, it was, sorry. It was 1200, but I had seen it had gone from like 700 to 1200. And I'm like, like to me, it just at first that initial reaction, I'm like, how could it be this high? Like, that seems crazy. It just came all this way in hindsight, obviously a lot of room to grow there. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the questions I want to ask, and this is a question that you asked often on one of your YouTube series early on in your YouTube career. And that was stash my crypto, that little series. And that question that you would ask is basically how do people stash their crypto? Like in terms of what does that holding look like and where specifically do they do it from a security point of view? So, so the question to you, how do you stash your crypto? Decentralized. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, there's there's multitude of ways, you know. Um, I, I don't, you know, personally, I don't like to keep all my eggs in one basket, so I put them in a bunch of different baskets. And most of the time, that's in hardware wallets if it's like a long term hold, mm-hmm. right? So I use I'll use different hardware wallets, uh, and then uh, you know I have a couple of hot wallets and things like that. But I I don't keep much on it. I barely keep any on exchanges, and I definitely don't keep much on a hot wallet. Uh, but you got to have something for trading every once in a while, you know, something that you can get really, uh, you know, quickly uh, liquid. Uh, but I also love uh, staking too. So a lot of my my coins are tied up in either masternodes or staking programs where I'm earning residuals, uh, passive income. That's one of my big things here in crypto is, is anything I can do passive income. Uh, and one of my bigger ones for that is Celsius. I don't know if you guys have ever checked out Celsius, but uh, it's cr- great for getting interest on your crypto. Yeah, I'm actually aware of Celsius, but I haven't used it myself. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I know it's um, great. I know they've got a great reputation and, and mm-hmm. people love using them. Um, can you maybe for our audience who isn't familiar, you know, how does Celsius work? Is do you just sign up, you deposit your coins and they earn you some interest, or is there anything else to that? That's it, man. That's it. Super simple, eh? You, you, yeah, I mean, it, it is a custodial service, which means you don't hold your own private keys. That's one of my big no-nos. I tell people like, no, you always want to hold your private keys, but it's always, it's a risk factor thing. You know, I understand the risk. I know that I don't hold my own private keys, uh, you know, but I, as far as the app, you know, I, I, I didn't just throw everything I have in it all at once or anything. You know, I started off very slowly and I've been using Celsius for almost two years now, pretty much, you know, about the time they got started. Uh, also the owner or, and, you know, uh, of, you know, CEO of, of the company, Alex Mashensky, he's, you know, uh, really visible. He's a high profile entrepreneur. You know, this guy's not trying to like scam a few people with it for a million to or $2 and then leave anywhere, you know? So I'm pretty confident in the fact, but yeah, you literally just deposit your coins. Uh, you know, they support quite a few and they give you interest, uh, weekly on, on your annual percentage. So that's awesome. Nice. It is a, it's a really interesting uh, conversation. I feel in crypto where decentralization is such a, key aspect of Mm -hmm. what makes crypto interesting right it's so Mm -hmm. important to what crypto is and yet there is value sometimes in having a a centralized entity maybe be a custodian of a wallet now there's pros and cons obviously you know the the, there's there's cons that they could be a scam artist um and they 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 could run away and, and and steal your crypto but on the flip side, you know, they also if, if they aren't and if they are very public facing, 
there's a reputation to maintain, right? Mm-hmm. There's also there's also potential insurance and and things like that where if something was to go wrong, yeah, and they are a real legit business, they may give you back your crypto or something if it was their fault that something was ever lost. Whereas when you're the custodian of your own crypto, if you lose it, you lose it. There's there's nobody giving you it back, right? Very true. Yeah. A lot of times, I, I mean, I've, I've, <laughs> I've heard so many horror stories over my days, guys. Like seriously, people email me all the time, you know, and I try and help out as much as I can. But a lot of times it's usually at this point where like, I sent it to the wrong address. I thought I was sending it to Ethereum, but I sent it to Litecoin or something. And I'm just like, oh, sorry, man, your shit's gone. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah, and, and you know the great thing about Celsius is they're actually adding an, ins- an insurance program uh, to their app here. I think in the next month or so. So I, I know they've been talking about that. But you're right. Uh, it, it is all about knowing the risk, though. I think that's what's really important: understanding that there is risk and not thinking like, oh, it's I don't. It doesn't matter if I own my private keys or not. Like I think in almost every situation, you want that to be the case. You know, the, yeah. the big tagline and, you know, when I use all time is don't trust, verify, right? Right, right. And there's very yeah. few people I trust in crypto. I mean, <laughs> in particular, like maybe I trust Celsius a little bit. And I also would say I also trust Binance a little bit as well. I've been with them since they started in 2017 mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, been recommending them and using them and uh, CZ's never let me down. So, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting just to me personally that, that you mentioned Binance too, because I don't. I don't trust a lot of exchanges, <laughs> uh, but personally, uh, it's the same. I've been with Binance for since 2017, um, and it's the one exchange that at, I've built the most trust with as a user. Yeah. It's also the one that I recommend to friends. Now, I'm not saying that uh, you know they're they're perfect either, but. I feel yeah. safe enough to recommend it mm-hmm. to people if they are going to use an exchange to check out Binance. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, you put out a lot of content focused on NFTs, uh, and we've had a couple guests now explain NFTs. Um, I'm wondering if you can explain what an NFT is, why it's important for someone who's not familiar. Yeah, uh, real simple. NFTs are just digital collectibles, you know, backed by the blockchain. And I mean, the only real difference, I mean, the, the main difference we'll say in the very basic sense is the fact that you know, any other collectible, you, there's no way to prove the rarity, prove ownership, uh, and also, you know, be able to understand that, you know, this is something that is limited and you know that and you can go and see, hey, yes, th- th- this for sure. I, I know there's only going to be a thousand of these. I actually own this thing. It doesn't live in this app and I can't do anything with it. And if the app goes down or if they decide, hey, we're going to close your account because, you know, we don't like you or something like that which you know, you're signing away that typically um, every time you sign up for uh, any of these apps in the, in the toss, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. That's, that, that, that's what really defy, divides like a, a regular, we would call a digital collectible from an NFT. We, uh, because we've recently had some interviews and, and we've discussed NFTs, we've been sharing that content on social media. And it's so funny. I'm sure you've probably heard this yourself, but one of the most common rebuttals against you know nfts even being yeah exactly is i know man it's a, we, I we just talked about it last night on my meetup man it's just, it, it, like people who don't get it the very first logical argument they always give is like well, i could just screenshot it man just, yeah. just download right click save as and i go well you could good luck trying to sell that yeah i could go take a photo of the mona lisa and be like look man the, this is the mona lisa i'm, I'm pre- i printed it out 
And here it is. Also, I put in a sweet fancy frame for you. And here, it's going to be at least $50 million for this original. This is it. So, you know, what comes down to is like, yeah, you could totally do that and you can enjoy it, but you don't have the ownership of it, which doesn't give you any kind of rights with that piece. Right. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think that's a big uh, thing. And then people say, well, what about, uh, you know, so, so then where does the artist come in? And a lot of times they say, well, the next argument is, okay, well, what about the original one that the artist created on his computer? And I go, well, that doesn't matter because it's all about artist intent. You see, mm-hmm. so if an artist, uh, you know, traditional painter, right, was doing a canvas and, you know, maybe he did, uh, you know, he, he did a test one first. And then the second one he did was like the final one. Well, do you say, well, what about that original? It's not a one of one. Well, he signed that second one. Right. right. So it's the artist's it's the artist's intent, which also gives it value. The artist says and signs with the blockchain that this NFT is the one that he is selling. This is it. And that is a big thing as well. What do you make of the just the hype in general around NFTs? Because it seems like over the last couple of months, the example I like to use is Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, he has a huge following. And right now, it's every second tweet from him is related to NFTs. So for, from someone like you who's been aware of this for quite a while, what do you make of the hype right now? Yeah, hype, man. Uh, you know, this is something I've been talking about since, uh, <laughs> you know, since 2018. I, I focused on it. And, you know, there's a time where I was creating NFTs. I couldn't give those damn things away, man. No one cared. They didn't know what it was. They didn't care. It, even though it doesn't matter how cool it was. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, not, I mean, not, not all of a sudden, but, you know, we started to see a little bit of build in, in, in NFT, you know, kind of interest over the last year. Uh, and then with a couple with a couple of the recent projects, it definitely has exploded onto the scene. I think NBA Top Shots definitely helped with that. And then, of course, you know, when you see people like Gary who are in a similar industry, they see this as an opportunity they can take advantage of and make a ton of money. It doesn't matter how much they know or don't know. They can come in because of their clout and be able to start doing this and know that it's going to make a lot of money for them. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of people shift you know, that have been in maybe other collectible scenes, something like that. And they're trying to come over here because they see the massive amounts of money and everyone FOMOing in at the same time. So it's a huge opportunity for them. Um, and they already have these massive followings. So, you know, a lot of people are coming in and they think, oh, Gary is the, the leading expert on NFTs, yeah. you know, and then, but then really you go look and Gary's saying, hey, uh, so-and-so we need to get Stash. Stash knows his NFTs. And like, he just, he just tagged me the other day in that. And I'm like, hey, that was kind of random, but sure, man, I'll come on your show. <laughs> cool. So, cool. you know, I think that it's great to have those people here, but I think that just like everything else, you know, do your own research. And the problem is that the people who follow all of these guys that are these big, big accounts, a lot of times they don't give a shit about doing research. They just like, whatever Gary said, whatever this guy says, I'll just do it. NFT, sure. Throw up, here's yeah. my money. Shut up. Take it. Yeah. So, yeah. But you, so, so, so double-edged sword, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Do you think that, so like Nifty Gateway, right? They're doing drops daily and top shot everything like that i mean top shots may be a little bit different because that's a pretty reasonably priced thing that you'll probably get your return back on if you're lucky enough to get in the lottery and that kind of thing yeah but but some of these other drops where it's much more expensive or people are buying it maybe on the secondary market for 100x what the original person paid for it do you think that a lot of people are going to lose money like do you see this being kind of of like a bull run hype quite a bit in the next year and then a huge die off or how do you see it playing out? I mean, to answer the first question, are people going to lose money? Of course, of course they are. You know, just like any other investment, anything else, even just traditional art collecting, (laughs) you know, 
you, you decide to pick up a piece and then the artist, you know, fizzles out or doesn't really do much after that, even if you love it. The great thing is, you, you know, even though it doesn't appreciate in value, you still supported something you loved. And I think that's one of the big cornerstones of the community and NFTs. And, uh, you know, I actually just posted that, I think, on Twitter the other day, kind of talking about that. You know, it's not all about appreciation of value. There's more there behind NFTs than people realize. But a lot of people get in the same thing. They just, like, get rich quick, stupid, and, you know, throw money at things thinking that they're just going to, you know, be a millionaire overnight with their great NFT drop they just got from Nifty. Uh, But it doesn't really work that way. And, you know... I think right now, you know, are we seeing a lot of hype? Of course, of course we are. Uh, do I feel like it's going to be, you know, it, like what we're seeing is 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 due to the bull run or that it's going to be like a bull run of NFTs and then all of a sudden it's going to drop out and then everything's going to just dump? No, I don't think so. I honestly don't. I think that these things um, store value better over time than, you know, uh, highly volatile cryptocurrencies. Uh, so that, that, I mean... Could there be some, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say that it's not that, you know, some NFTs are, are not going to go by the wayside, which already happens all the time. So that's something you do have to you know, take in consideration, not just the fact that, you know, well, uh, are, are the prices going to go down? It really just comes down. Are those projects even going to be around anymore? Mm-hmm. That's the real concern. It's not really necessarily like, oh man, there's a bull run. Now we're going to be a bear market and everyone's dropping their NFTs and they're going down a price and everything I bought on Nifty is is 100% down. Like that's not going to happen. Hmm. Um, there's a fundamental difference between an NFT and a fungible token, mm-hmm. you know, in crypto, it's already a speculative investment to buy any crypto at all, whether we're talking about, you know, fungible tokens like Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything mm-hmm. that's one to one value uh, versus NFTs that are unique. Do you think that uh, when we talk about that risk of buying from a speculative investment standpoint, there's people buying NFTs to flip them and and, and earn some extra money? Um, is it more risky or less risky for from a speculative investment standpoint to purchase NFTs versus you know uh, fungible uh, crypto tokens? It's hmm. a really good question. I would say, in general, NFTs are less risky hmm. because, like I said, not only not only do they tend to have a good store of value, especially if you've done your research and you're getting something quality, but it's a, it, it also gives the added benefit of supporting whoever it is you bought that NFT from. When you buy Bitcoin, you're not supporting anybody except for the exchanges or what you know. Same thing with any of the other projects. You're not. I mean, maybe you're supporting the team but you're not supporting necessarily a creative endeavor most of the time. And so that, that I think really puts it over the top when you talk about it just being a speculative investment. I do feel like NFTs are really great stores of value uh, when it comes to a lot of things. Now, are they going to beat out Bitcoin in the long term? I, hell no. Uh, so, you know, that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe a Beeple or something like that could, but even that, you know, uh, it, 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 a lot of it comes down to eye of the beholder, you know, when it comes to art. And so that is also a factor you need to take in consideration as well. You know, there's no eye of the beholder when it comes to Bitcoin. No one cares what it looks like. They just care that it keeps going up and that it stores money, uh, you know, value for them. And so that is, so that's the other side of of the argument, I would say. It was interesting to me when you mentioned the artist's intent. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely stealing that one. It's, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's a great way to Mm kind of, it's that thing that clicks when you're explaining Mm -hmm. the value 
um, and the fact that it's kind of like that digital signature yep. that somebody can think about physically. Like if you buy a hockey card and it's a first edition, but what if you buy that hockey card first edition and it's signed, you know, by the hockey yep. player? There's With that a certificate of authenticity. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that. Um, yeah. That's not a question. I just really wanted to to know. Like, thank you for that. Um, but second, <laughs> but secondary, um, talking about using NFTs, we actually just minted our first NFT for Show Me the Crypto. Wow, which uh, I'm proud of because you know this is new stuff for for me and for us, and so learning about it's super cool. But I just want to encourage our our audience, our listeners too, to go out and play around and, and try try minting your own NFT and um, just some of the capabilities there to have an understanding. It's it's super cool, and so for our in our case, you know, going back to our conversation about what NFTs are worth and how you were just talking about, you know there's value in supporting mm-hmm. the artists and in, in our case it's not so much about the artwork we're saying look if you want to support our channel because you like our content yeah consider purchasing this nft almost like a donation but a donation where you get something in return and it's yeah. still got that limited edition that that one-time value and i thought that was another just interesting use case to bring up that related to something you just mentioned and, and i followed that up with uh, stash you've done that like i've seen you've been posting on twitter and that kind of thing with like stickers and various nfts so from someone from your perspective um, what, what has that process been like? And has that been a way for your fans to support you? Yeah, 100%. You know, I actually was the first content creator to have an NFT created for them ever. Wow. Not a lot of people know that, but, uh, in 2018, uh, I, in conjunction with engine, uh, I created an NFT. Uh, it was my, it's my stash logo it was the very first one I did. And, uh, with them, uh, they helped me airdrop it to 5,000 people. And so 5,000 people got this NFT for free. Uh, we airdropped it to everybody and, uh, you know, all of my kind of old school, what, what I call my, my community stashers, my old school stashers, they all have this, 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 uh, Ethereum based, uh, engine NFT, which is backed by, I think it's one engine. I think it's one ENJ. Uh, maybe it's, maybe it's 0.5 ENJ. I, I, I don't quite remember, but, uh, in, in general, yeah. So, you know, I, I've been doing this for a very long time, minting, uh, you know, different NFTs for different purposes, um, you know, not too long ago, I did a, um, like a, a community badge. It's like a founder's badge for my community and holding this badge gives you monthly benefits. Uh, one of those being, uh, your address gets entered into a random, um, wheel of crypto spin, which I, I had a sweet ass wheel that I spin with a bunch of prizes on. It's an actual wheel, not one of those, you know, weak ass ones that you see the, the, you know, on Twitch, or whatever. Uh, and so we do that every month and those cool. holders get that kind of fun thing. So, uh, and they have, and they supported me by buying it and we do this and I give away some prizes. And so there's so many great ways that you can come up that are creative and fun for your audience that, that, you know, foster engagement, mm. you know, with, with NFTs in general. So, uh, you know, yeah, there, there's a lot of ways to be able to do that. And I've, I've, you know, I've done them and continue to do them and it's a lot of fun. I love it. Alf, do you realize that our audience has either been watching or listening to this episode for 20 minutes? 20 minutes? They should probably subscribe. Yeah, they should subscribe and they should like and comment and hit that notifications bell. Oh, and did you tell them about the NFTs? That's right. We have our own NFT for our OG supporters. This is a way you can support our show, help us bring you continual great content. Information on that is below. 
So you mentioned when we started talking about NFTs, that very simply digital collectibles, but do you see them going beyond that? And I've heard different use cases or, you know, the idea that like an insurance policy or something along mm-hmm. those lines could be an right. NFT, but where do you see like the future of this space and, and what will it encompass? Yeah. Uh, another really great question. You know, I think Personally, I think everything is going to be in an NFT in the future. I really feel that everything that we touch that is unique in some sort of way is going to have an NFT backing it. Now, whether or not we really see it like that, you know, whether it's obfuscated in some sort of app or some sort of way, uh, that may be the case. You know, it may not be like, oh, it's an NFT, uh, but they're using that technology in, you know, behind the scenes. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think all kinds of legal documents uh, could easily be, you know, ported to NFTs, real estate, uh, you know, data or real estate, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, title deeds, things like that. There's so many applications that, that you know, you really could connect to this. I mean, you could get, uh, you know, you, you could buy brand new sneakers and they could come with an NFT essentially that allows you to download digital sneakers that you use in Decentraland and walk around with the sneakers you just bought. There's so many cool like physical to digital, um, you know, combinations as well. As a matter of fact, um, you know, tops in conjunction with Wax, if you guys know the Wax blockchain, which is where I do a lot of my NFT minting, uh, they just did a, a, a promotion with uh, Garbage Pail Kids where... Uh, the physical Garbage Pail Kids packs have digital redemption codes inside of them for digital packs for, for you know, the digital card as well. As a matter of fact, I got, I got them right here. I'll show you. I haven't even opened them yet. Look at this. Boom. I'm going to open these on stream with a, a bunch of people uh, on Monday. So we're going nice. to open a bunch of crack cool. some packs and hopefully I get some good physical ones, but also I'll be able to get the redemption code for the digital NFTs as well. So there's a lot of really cool things going on even just right now. So I definitely feel the future is 100% everything unique will run off of that type of technology. It's super interesting. And and maybe uh, just going into another area that you know, is one of your specialties is blockchain gaming. Yeah. And, uh, you know, NFTs have a, a, a big role in that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Neither Wade or I are super familiar uh, with how that all works. Could you maybe just tell us a little bit about blockchain gaming, its relation to NFTs and how that all works uh, currently and perhaps in the future where that's going as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I've been a, a gamer for my entire life, you know, love playing video games. And, you know, that was that's blockchain gaming is one of one of the things that i've really you know specialized in nfts blockchain gaming and so i I work with a lot of gaming companies uh in the space and i have for for quite a few years now and so the unique aspects within blockchain gaming that incorporate nfts i actually and i talk about this every thursday on my blockchain gaming show i do uh, on theta called the secret agent stash show i don't know if you guys are gonna ask you about that (laughs) but a lot of fun i dress as a secret agent at the beginning and then i change into a different disguise every time and we play blockchain games and i talk about nfts and and blockchain gaming as a concept every time and one of the things i always say is it's basically what i call i call my my triforce of blockchain gaming and i actually have a sweet graphic now that i put on screen and so each piece of the triforce is kind of a piece a, a major piece of what blockchain gaming is all about so the top piece of the Triforce is, uh, you know, essentially, you know, NFT backed items, items that are NFTs that are not, uh, you know, locked into a, a centralized server. You can move them off into a third party wallet that you own. 
that's the top piece of the Triforce. The 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 other side of the Triforce, the bottom left uh, piece, is is play to earn. So not only can you go buy these NFTs from the game store, which you could then transfer out and sell in a marketplace, but you can also play and earn NFTs with inside the game. And that's a very important part. So not just RMTs, real money transactions, but also being able to play inside the game and just earn those assets as well, or earn some assets. Another big cornerstone of blockchain gaming. And the third uh, third and final piece of the blockchain, uh, you know, uh, uh, Triforce of gaming is, uh, you know, devs profit from this. So developers classically, you know, you sell like, you, you know, you, you're epic. You, you sell Fortnite skins, you, you sell them for 50 bucks in the store. Boom, a bunch of people buy them. You, you make a bunch of money. You're like, you're super happy. But now these people can't do anything with these skins except for use them inside game. They can't trade them uh, with each other. They're, they can't, you know, that's against the rules. There's no way to really transfer them out. You know, they're on that server. You're renting that skin. You didn't know you don't buy it. You're not buying that skin. You rented that skin. It's a lease because whenever they decide to take it away from you, that's gone. Now think about uh, if that same skin was able to be traded outside of that uh, environment in a third party marketplace and then Epic was getting a piece of every transaction of that skin every time. The, the, the amount of profit you can get from one asset is going to skyrocket versus what you've been doing in the, in the past. So it's a, it, so this whole, you know, uh, this whole, this whole, you know, environment or, or blockchain gaming kind of uh, uh, system is much more beneficial for developers because they're going to get residuals, which they don't get right now. Mm -hmm. So those are the three pieces I call the, of the Triforce of blockchain gaming. So that makes so much sense. And like, what is stopping that from happening? Is it th like high gas fees or what exactly is preventing that from being the situation now? Like when do you see mainstream gaming converging with what you were just talking about? Yeah. So uh, what's really stopping it is uh, fear and ignorance. Just straight up. I mean, you know, people fear what they don't really know. And be, there's a lot of ignorance around, well, how do I do it? What do I do? You know, people in particular, you know, they want to go to what they know. Well, we know this works. Why mess with the wheel if it's not broken, you know, or if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I think that that's how, uh, you know, free to play really took over, you know, before there was any the concept in gaming of free to play, like, Nothing was free to play. You had to pay for everything. Is you buy, you bought the game. It was twenty bucks. That's it. Uh, and then this model came along, and and it took a while for people to catch on. But as soon as you know, really, it starts to be seeing some big games be very successful with that free to play. But then you buy extra stuff model. Now everything has switched to that. Right. Mm -hmm. It takes a little while for these people to kind of come, uh, you know, come around. But they eventually do. And I can guarantee you that play to earn and the ecosystem I just described is one hundred percent going to be the next evolution of gaming industries monetization and and uh you know development do you think that um like when you say fear and ignorance i imagine you're talking about the the developers and and yeah and the big AAA game yes. studios um beyond fear and ignorance on maybe their part uh is it possible that they're concerned about their users like the, the gamers themselves and the ignorance that the gamers will have, like, is it a user experience problem where they have this challenge about how how do we offer our gamers this new capability while at the same time uh, not or, or, or like 
how do we alleviate the concern that mm -hmm. they need to learn something about like what is an Ethereum wallet and how do they, if they are the custodians of these wallets all of a sudden, how do we not prevent them from, you know, losing all the NFTs they just bought or, or in game or something along those lines? Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't see the hurdle being with the users. And, and here's the reason why. Because what we're trying to accomplish with blockchain gaming is already what is what users are desiring to have happen. Uh, you know, that's why you have wild gold farmers, people who are, you know, trying to, try, try, you know, play and earn, right? They're trying to monetize their time. But then WoW says, no, you can't do that. And same thing, you know, other people like, oh, I bought this skin or I got, I earned this really sweet skin in this tournament. Well, no, the toss says you cannot trade that outside the game. Everyone wants to do it, but for whatever reason, the games don't allow you to do it. So when it comes to you know, barriers or, 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 you know, things that a user won't understand. They totally get this. They are already using skins and all these things. There, there's not that much. It's not a big leap from like, oh, I already have a bunch of digital skins. Okay. Well, I can trade them now and uh, I can make money off of them, sell them for, you know, 20 bucks or whatever. It doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily even have to be uh, priced in crypto. You know what I'm saying? There's so many ways to do this. And when you talk about, well, what about a wallet? Like you can build, you, you know, there's already games uh, within like uh, ecosystems like Engine who are obfuscating those types of things. And it's just it's just a part of the game. It doesn't it doesn't look like or seem like crypto or NFTs at all. And there's absolutely no mention of those things. And that's really where we're going. It doesn't you know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, it's crypto based or oh, blockchain. It's just you can trade the items. You want five bucks for this? Cool. I want that item. Here's five bucks. Now you can use it inside your game. I we trade it on this marketplace, whatever. And but it can all be tracked and all the data is there, you know. You mentioned third party marketplace, you know, taking these uh, earned items in game and and now you can go trade them with somebody else things that you currently can't do mm -hmm. uh one of the use cases i've heard which to me like like that's cool yeah, yeah. it's an easy concept to understand but something that to me was like well mind-boggling is because i've never seen or even thought of this before is getting an item in a game and not just taking it like like take it off outside of the game so you've got it and now inserting that utilizing that nft in another game mm -hmm. and having that nft maybe ha maybe that skin in one game is a different skin in the other game but developers you know or different studios or different games they work together and collaborate and say hey what if we take that one nft type and we um and we have our own skin or item and stats for it in this game and now users can actually take games and move from one to the other that is just to me like that's crazy that's a crazy idea welcome to the multiverse friends <laughs> <laughs> for our listeners who are hearing about this and you know you mentioned decentraland and that was a for me that was an aha moment too like mm -hmm. really cool like the sneakers example what are some games that are worth checking out or some of your favorites in in the blockchain space yeah, there, there's a lot of really great ones. So one of my favorites, uh, Gods Unchained, it's a um, kind of Hearthstone, Magic the Gathering style game, but uh, you actually own the cards yourself. You can trade them uh, back and forth on the blockchain. Uh, I love playing uh, Gods Unchained. And uh, there's a bunch of others. So I was just playing Chano from Chain Games last uh, my last stream. Um, I also play a lot of Splinterlands. Uh, it was one of my favorite ones. Uh, War Riders, really love playing War Riders. Uh, it's a really fun game. Uh, Blanco's, uh, you know, has recently launched and that's a lot of fun, a little bit like Decentraland a little bit, uh, but you know, a little bit more, um, graffiti kind of cool style, the way they're doing it. Um, and 
but yeah, there, I mean, there's so many, there's so many out there. Like uh, I could, uh, Lost Relics is one I play on engine a lot. They've done a really great job of incorporating uh, blockchain elements right within the game without and being seamless about it, where you just don't even, you can't even, you know, notice that's what's going on. Oh. So uh, yeah, there's a bunch of, there's a, there's a lot of them. I, and so, you know, if you really want to look at more games, you can go check out uh, my, my streams like, and, and I, you know, demo all, all for you. So you can find out which one you like the best. Very cool. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about something that I, I think I came across this when I was doing a bit of research for it. Um, the fact that you host meetups, don't you, on like a regular basis in, in your area. So just in general, I mean, 2020 has been uh, or was a crazy year that none of us could have predicted. We adapted in a lot of different ways. Um, how has that kind of meetup style changed? Like, I, I understand you've kept it going virtual and whatnot. And like, what is the importance of, you know, going to these crypto conferences or having like regular meetups or what's the value you get from that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we definitely have had to go digital. Obviously, uh, we've been running. I, I've been running this meetup in Long Beach with my friend Gaston for about four years now. So we've been doing it for a while. And yeah, meeting a person is just so much more fun. Like Zoom is OK, but you don't get the same personal feel and uh you know especially for conferences like that it, it's just not you can't net you don't network the same you don't get that same personal connection uh and so that's i think that's the kind of biggest downside you know you don't feel the energy of the other people around you and i think that's pretty big too and same thing with conferences you know the networking and the energy and the conversations it doesn't work it doesn't work on like a, a video thing like that man you get people talking over each other in a way that doesn't it just doesn't work the same. So I think conferences, meeting in person is very important in an industry where everything's digital. <laughs> you know, uh, meeting people face to face has been a lot of fun too. And I always have a great time at conferences. What's your favorite crypto conference that you've been to? I would have to solidly say, and we were just talking about this, uh, Bitcoin 2019 was one of the most amazing conferences I've been to. They did just a really great job of like making it fun, informative, amazing speakers. And, uh, you know, they're actually going to be bringing it back this year in Miami in June. So I think it'll be the maybe the only cryptocurrency conference in the United States in 2021. Wow. Amazing. Very cool. Uh, I have to ask this because this is my background and how I got into the space was through Steemit. And I think I mm -hmm. saw that you've kind of dabble with Steemit, maybe more so Hive now. But what are your thoughts of kind of what Steemit slash Hive has done really well and maybe some areas that they haven't done so well. What are your thoughts yeah. on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I got on to Steam it in, uh, in, I don't know, June of 2017. So I, I've been, I was on, I'm on like originals uh, Steamian. And obviously, yes, I, 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 I don't do Steam it anymore after the whole community, Justin Sun trying to buy everything. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm obviously with everybody. So I, I do all my stuff on Hive now. So I've, I've switched over to Hive and I repost all my things there. Um, I think they've done a good job of creating a, you know, an ecosystem that is a social media with a cryptocurrency incorporated. It's not an easy thing to do because what it comes down to is any place where people can earn just by, you know, kind of gaming a system, they're going to find a way to try and suck as much value out of that. And that's kind of what we saw with steam in a lot of times is people just posting drivel and, you know, it getting voted up. And it's just like, that's not even your photo, your photography. You're just pulling stock photos off of a free website and like posting them every like 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> trying to get as suck up as much, uh, um, you know, uh, steam as you can. So uh, good things and bad things, I think. Yeah. That's actually a really interesting point. I think that ties into 
potentially NFTs as well is is copyright issues because mm. I you know I from the early days of being on Steemit as well I remember like I would see people posting stuff I'm like you can't post this is a Rolling Stone article or something like that <laughs> yeah, they're right? just slapping it on and it was making yep. like in some cases in those wild west days of Steemit like sometimes like 400 US and it's like something's wrong with this but I wonder about the same thing with with NFTs with you know, somebody maybe using a brand without authorization mm-hmm. or something along those lines. What are your thoughts on that side? Like, is that something you've seen in the space mm-hmm. or something that's a concern? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely a concern. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was just talking about that on my Tuesday weekly live stream, the NFT Beat. Uh, I do that with Ken Bozek every Tuesday, and that came up. We were talking about Binance Punks, and it's literally just a straight one-to-one ripoff copy of the original CryptoPunks. They just took all the same artwork and then just put it on Binance Smart Chain instead and called it Binance Punks. And I feel like that's you know quite the infringement of someone's creative endeavor. You know, I, and personally, I don't I don't support it. I don't want to support it. Now, I I also know there's no way that you're ever going to be able to stop this. You know, I'm not thinking like, oh, dude, there is just, it's not possible. It's never been possible and it's not going to be possible now. Yeah. You know, so because, and, and maybe in the future, uh, when there's massive interoperability between every blockchain, you'd be able to verify that that is the real one and you could check against multiple chains or something. But in the stage we're at right now, we don't have that ability. And we do, we see people who are using copyrighted images or stealing other people's works. Um, you know, the great thing, though, is the community is very diligent about these things. So if someone's caught doing that or something, I think a lot of times it does get out and people will not support that person, you know, and I think that's a big risk someone might take. Uh, and I don't know, maybe they get a quick buck and and that's that and they're gone. But it, uh, in general, the people who are doing legit good work are always going to always going to be uh, around there. So, yeah, copyright issues hard to mess with, uh, no matter whether you have a blockchain or not. Stash, we end every episode of Show Me the Crypto with a three-question segment called You Had Me at Crypto. So Alf, over to you for those questions. All right. Stash, who's your favorite person to follow in the crypto space? Oh, why you got to put me on the spot like that, man? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, there's no wrong answer. (laughs) (laughs) That there is not. So most people are probably going to pick some high profile uh, person and be like, oh, it's this guy. Those guys are, yeah, they're great. I'm actually going to say my favorite person to follow in the crypto world is my friend, Ryan Calder. That guy is uh, the biggest hype man and the biggest motivator uh, and the best motivator that I've ever actually really encountered. And, you know, anytime that dude is posting, uh, it's always it's always something that like really uplifts me, you know, and sometimes he's posting about me and I'm like, oh, that's that's very kind. It's like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy, you know, having that in my feed in contrast to all the other stuff that's jumbled around there, you know. Yeah. We'll make sure to uh, link his Twitter handle as well as yours in the bottom of the, yeah, the show notes. Yeah, great. Thanks. Who's your, uh, oh, sorry, I'm reading the same question here. Uh, what will the price of Bitcoin be uh, 10 years from now? 10 years from now? 10 years. Wow. What year? Okay, so 10 years, that'd be 2031. We'll already be living on Mars and probably using <laughs> Mars coin for currency there. The price of Bitcoin in 2031 February 26th is going to be $926,000. I love it. Just just approaching $1 million per Bitcoin. Man, we're going to keep this show going that long. And so I'm going to send you a message on that date and let you know how far off or how close you were. A follow-up question. 
is what will the price of Mars coin be? <laughs> and will people on Earth be using Mars coin because it's just that cool? No, that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> Mar- Mar- Mars coin to $100 and everyone on Earth is going to hate uh, the people from Mars just like they do in The Expanse. Yeah, yeah. Watch The Expanse, by the way. Great show. Yeah, great show. <laughs> what is the most underrated coin or project in crypto? Also a really, really hard one. Okay, so I, I'm going to have to go with Wax. I honestly feel like when you look at what Wax has done in the ecosystem in, with NFTs, with their blockchain, I really feel it's incredibly undervalued. I mean, this is a, this is a coin that was, it was almost like it was a stable coin for like three years because it literally bounced between like three and a half cents to like four and a half cents. Not much, not much change. And uh, only recently did it get just a tiny, tiny little pump. But man, there's so much going on in that ecosystem. I mean, like I said, all the, the IPs they're bringing, they just dropped Street Fighter NFTs. They did Garbage Pail Kids. They worked with William Shatner. Uh, Dead, uh, Dead Mouse just dropped some ones. Atari's dropped. I mean, there's so many big names. And it's just surprising that so few people are like, oh, I don't know. You know, and so I, that, I really feel like that's probably one of the more undervalued ones that I'm, I'm actually really involved in. Awesome. Stash, there's been so much value dropped on this episode. We really appreciate you taking the time and chatting with us on Show yeah, Me Crypto. Thanks a ton. No problem. I had a great time. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for listening to Show Me The Crypto. Please make sure to subscribe as well as rate and review this podcast.